Episode three. Yay. Three, 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 three. Have a little more free. I'm Larkin. I'm Katie. And welcome to the podcast. So, how have you been? Well, I have been, I have been stressed. (laughs) I've been stressed and I've been uh, noticing a sort of like manic frenzy Mm. going on in my own work life and people around me, like everyone that I know who's involved in business of some sort, they're like, they've bitten off more than they can chew. And they're just like, you know, it's kind of nuts right now. So I would, did want to talk about that because I think it's partially related to the astrological weather. I think it's probably also, also partially related to like it being spring. Yeah. And then also this whole, like, we're sort of coming out of lockdown and everything's starting to like roll. And anyway, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I it's felt- been it's been a sort of adjustment to that. Mm-hmm. That's helpful to hear because I've felt that, and my response is to like to pull back and be like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. My mom says I have spring fever, um, (laughs) which I don't know what that means. She just says I lose my, you know, you lose your appetite and there was like a little bit of warm weather and then it gets cold again. So then you get very like, ah, like stir crazy and like, what's going on? And I've been like, what's going on with everything in my life? (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, pops up every once or twice a year. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) Or every other day. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, so spring fever. So this is interesting because um, my friend, another friend of mine who I talked to recently was talking about that. And I guess she gets spring fever really intensely. And, you know, she, she has things that she attributes to that time of year, like health issues that come up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just, uh, noticing that I don't have those kinds of things. So, you know, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> like, um, it's, uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't like flux with the seasons like that anymore. And I don't know why, mm. but, um, but I tell me about your spring fever because it's been a while. I, I remember having it as a kid. Definitely. Well, I don't even know what it is. I should look it up, but I've just been, and I think it also actually has to do with several things. I think the astrology weather, like we were talking about, um, the year marker of the official like start of the pandemic. Mm. Um, But I've been very like floaty. Like I've been feeling just kind of like, disengaged floating around I've been remedying this by just I've been obsessed with all the birds in the yard (laughs) (laughs) like bird watching looking and looking them up in the book like then getting the like taking pictures of the birds um and it's like 
I guess there's all just like this energy and momentum, but I don't know what to do with it. There's nowhere, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not quite warm enough. You know, some, it has been, but then like some days it's like still kind of painful to be outside. Um, Cold and dry, sort of miserably intense wind. Yeah. Like yesterday I couldn't, I could barely move. And I went on this walk. I was like, you must go out for a walk. And then I came back and I was like, I'll just lie down for a minute. And I fell like instantly asleep for like two hours, which I never take naps. I hate naps, but it was, it's just like, it is. I mean, it's the season change. It's like the transition. It's, it's things in a jumble. And yeah, I think for me, having been pretty much isolated for a year now, I had like, my brain was like, okay, it's going to be a year. Like last year when all this stuff started, like Mm -hmm. at first I thought it wasn't, but then, you know, by mid April, I was like, okay, we're going to be here a while. Um, And I think my brain took a year and like held onto it and was like, I can do this for a year. And like, it's just, we've just crossed that threshold yeah. <laughs> of a year. And now it's like, let me out of here. Like what, like I was fantasizing last night about like going on this cross country e-bike electric bicycle trip and like all this stuff. And I'm like, no, settle, simmer down. So it's that kind of like back and forth, like these big, like, I want to do this. And then I have to take a nap for two hours. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you know, it's interesting because like the, what I've been noticing is, is sort of similar in the sense that it's this really big push of energy and all these ideas and all this momentum, but kind of the people that I'm, you know, watching it play out with and including myself, but also the people I work for and Michael and, you know, his, you know, St. Pierre woodworking, like mm-hmm. that, what they're doing and, is that, you know, there's, it's like, it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming amount of energy. And then you sort of wipe yourself out. And so Uh, then you have to take a break. Like, like, as you say, take a nap. Yeah. (laughs) Or just in some cases, um, you know, like I can do about half of what I've taken on. So Mm -hmm. I've noticed several people like either needing to do that, making that decision or they should, and they're going to like, they're really going to pay for it after it's done. If they don't, you know, it's it's still in process. It's still in motion. And it's kind of been ramping up since for a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe since last week, I really noticed it. Mm. Um, so I guess it's, it's an example of the way that weather hits different people, like the same weather hits different people that, in a different way. Yeah. Um, we're, we're so in addition to it being spring and in addition to it being the anniversary of the start of the official start of the pandemic, um, you know, we're also sort of crossing some thresholds in terms of people being vaccinated and businesses starting to open back up. Kids are back in some classes are back full-time in person in school, like at the elementary and grade school levels, you know, things are, things are starting to ramp back up. Stimulus checks have dropped. I mean, they're, you know, Michael's hit his bank account 
uh, on Friday. Um, I don't think mine has gotten in yet, but you know, so then all of a sudden there's going to be like all this money hitting the economy because a bunch of people who are getting those checks are not going to need them. So that's disposable income. Right. And they're going to be spending that money somewhere. And there's, there's, and then, and then on top of that, you have this like long lasting astrological feature that Kaipacha, you know, mm-hmm. the, he does the, what is, what is this thing called? Astrology the for the soul, report. the Pele report yeah, and astrology for the soul. The soul. <laughs> He's the one who really like pointed out, pointed this out in a way that I, I think I would have minimized its impact um, because it's not, it's not a, an aspect that I track as much, but I think it really is acting. And that is that um, Neptune is making a long lasting square to the nodes this year, Mm. but it's in kind of a loose orb And that means like, it's not like exactly 90 degrees between those. Um, It's right now, it's five degrees off of the square, I think roughly Um, the, okay, let's see. It is the nodes are in Gemini Sagittarius. And I think they're around 15 degrees. Hmm. No, they're tracking backwards. They're 12 or something. Ugh, I should pull it up. But anyway, uh-huh. and then the, and then Neptune is in Pisces. 13. They're at 13 degrees, the nodes. They're at 13. And where is Neptune? It's in Pisces at around 20. 20. 20. 20. Pisces, yeah. And I think last week when this all sort of reached a fever pitch, the sun joined Neptune. So it was like right there, like, boom, like shining a light on all of that and like amping it up to the max. Yeah. And, um, and it's not going to be an exact square between Neptune and the nodes, like most of this year. Um, but it's going to be within that sort of 10 or 15 degrees Mm. that for outer planet transits that sort of affect global events. Like that's the sort of rough, you know, orb or degree of inexact or imperfect <laughs> angular separation that um, people like Richard Tarnas, you know, like his Cosmos and Psyche book is like he went back through like 500 years of history and he correlated historic events to all these outer planet transits. Mm-hmm. And what he found by doing that is that even the 10 degree orb is too rigid oh, that, wow. you know, when you're looking at like, say Pluto square Uranus or Pluto square Saturn or the conjunctions of these, like, you know, these major sort of like, you know, really impactful um, transits that you, you kind of need to use 15 degrees wow. and um so that's, that that's why everything's bigger. It makes it a longer period of time. Right. Yeah. Um, so with, with, with Neptune to the nodes, um, I mean, I don't know what I, I actually haven't listened to the Pele report uh, in a little while, but I know he was talking about it and I'm not sure what he would say about the orb 
I think he was saying 10 degrees, Mm -hmm. but the bottom line is, is that Neptune and the nodes in square to each other for sort of a long period of time to me says, um, so the nodes relate to purpose, direction, destiny, like which direction are you going? Like, what's your overall like mission, da, 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 da. And so like all of this kind of like, you know, I, I want to do all this, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to do all this in business, in my business. I want to do all this in my life. I have all these ideas. I have all this forward momentum. Like that's very much a nodal kind of impulse. Mm-hmm. And, and then Neptune, what that adds to it is this, you know, it's like a double-edged sword of like a million beautiful ideas, right? You oh, have yeah. all this inspiration, <laughs> You know, it's like raining down on you, all these great ideas. Like that's, you know, how I felt for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. All these ideas. It's like, oh, I have to do that. And I have to do that. And I have to do that. And Michael, who is so predictable and stable and steady and doesn't change, like he burst in the door last week and he's like, he's taking his business in this whole new direction. He's building up his metalwork business. Like he's been working for St. Pierre Woodworking all this time and had just a little bit of stuff on the side. And now he's like, he's making bold moves. He moved all this equipment out of the shop. He's like trying to build up a, like figure out a product line that is, you know, high profit, you know, easy on his body, but metal. I mean, he's, he's coming in and he's like, he's spewing all these ideas and it's kind of manic. I'm like... So it's not just me and it's not just like my clients. I've got some clients who are doing this sort of to me, (laughs) you know, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I don't know if we can do all this in a week, you know? Yeah. Um, But it's, you know, people like Michael. So that was what made me start Mm -hmm. to go, oh, I think we've got a phenomenon going on and it's manifesting in the world, you know, where, you know, the pandemic is ending. I mean, the lockdown is ending and the economy is starting to get going and there's been this big stimulus. And I, I think it's going to go like, boom, like that. Yeah. But you also have the, the, like the tension between like, you know, boundless possibility and like needing to have some limits and boundaries because you can't do all of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just impossible for me to do everything that I currently have on my plate. I'm having to decide to let things just drop out. Mm -hmm. And I can tell that Michael's going to need to calm down because he's like, he's still manic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and on and on, there's so many examples. And I just, I keep, you know, I'm like, okay, so, so Neptune is um, illusion, delusion, you know, deception, mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah. Um, it's also confusion. You know, sometimes you're, you, you're following an illusion and it looks very clear to you, but it's false. I know that but, one. <laughs> but sometimes you're looking and it's foggy and you can't see anything and you're just muddy and cloudy and confused. So that's also very, you know, sort of typical of Neptune. Um, and sort of like, and sort of bouncing around and can't connect with anything, mm. you know, that's very Neptune. Um, and then, and those are sort of the downsides, some of the downsides, some of the downsides are also a lot, 
inappropriate lack of boundaries, just like diffuse, like you're picking up everything you need, you kind of like need to like set some limits. Yeah. Um, I mean, other things include like poisoning and toxins. Like that's a very Neptunian thing, like toxin, toxic contamination. Hmm. Um, you know, that's, and then drugs, you know, substance, mind altering substance and kind of like, you know, so drugs have a toxic side of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's, they're also like affecting your consciousness and Neptune is very interested in connecting, you know, making that first contact with the, the timeless realm of possibility (laughs) spirit and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the much more positive side, it's all this inspiration. It's like connecting with the muse. It's like connecting with your guides. It's, you know, experiencing like a sort of like a timeless space. Like, so it's on, on a more spiritual level, but it's also in a creative way. So it's wonderful for anyone who's in the creative arts or, you know, imagining dreaming up some, so with the nodes being related to direction in life, dreaming up a new direction in life, it's kind of like perfect for that. But then you're going to have your pitfalls of needing to set some limits and, and, and sort of come down to earth and not get so carried away and completely manic. (sighs) (sighs) Take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. So I just thought, gosh, that's, exactly what I'm seeing happening around me. Me too. And feeling myself and getting to observe all of my reactions and responses to all of that. Yeah. You're, you're kind of like, uh, that is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, oh my God, I could do this. And like, you know, even friends and different people I've been talking to have been like, you could do this or that, or and it's like, yes, yes. And then it's like, but A, like, do I want to do that? Mm. <laughs> and B, like, is that, like, can I ground into the reality of that and feel whether it's pulling me forward or if it's just, like, really fun to think about all the possibilities? Right, right. And like the, and like, so, so last week as I was being inundated by requests, all new requests from potential Mm -hmm. clients, I'm asking, I'm like, I'm like, I, this is too much. And I'm looking for people to farm it out to. And like, I'm asking you, do you want to go back into doing websites? Do you want to go be a virtual assistant? You know, cause it's like more of that stuff. And you know, so then you're on the receiving end, having to decide, having mm-hmm. to practice discernment. Like, is this, does this serve me? Is this really where I want to be? Yeah. You know, like it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's bright, shiny object syndrome or, you know, like the temptations of, you know, needs, mm-hmm. people coming to you with needs and having to like, really listen and find out like, does this, match where I'm going. Right. You know, can this serve me? Yeah, definitely. And like, I think, I don't want to say it brought up a crisis for me, but it did, you know, poke the old bear of, can I do what my heart truly desires 
or do I at this point need to fall back on that more stable and predictable source of work and income? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also proud because I did, you know, I saw, and I, and I was like, I, um, this is a tangent, but in human design, those of us with defined emotional centers have this emotional wave and the recent, and I think for my type as well, the recent advice I got, um, and and say what type you are. Oh, I'm a generator. I'm a, um, one, three emotional generator. I still, I don't know like enough about it to properly say everything, but. (laughs) And in human design, there's like broadly five types or four. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's five. Okay. All right. Five. Yes. Um, and so my, and my strategy, which is how I'm allegedly supposed to be living my life to the, you know, most best, most effective, most effective. Thank you. Is to wait to respond. So basically what that means is I'm not supposed to ever make any decision spontaneously, which is kind of how I live my life. (laughs) Is that it though? I thought it was you wait until you get a gut response, but it can happen really quickly. It is. But for me with the emotional wave, Mm. I need to wait for my wave to cycle through because when it's high, I will, I will want to do everything. I see. I will overcommit when it, when my emotional wave is high yeah. and then when it's low, I will not want to do anything. Okay. And so I, I think as I said, before we started recording last Tuesday, I was, And I thought my wave was about to kick up because the last two months it's been high right around the new moon, which Mm. is opposite of what one would think with the new moon. Mm -hmm. But this time it did align with the moon and dropped way off. And so I was in this low emotional space and I was like, I can't decide about this Mm -hmm. because it would be based on the belief that I suck. And like, I need to just take this work that's coming to me because nothing else I'm trying to do is ever going to work. And so I had to wait (laughs) until I was able to, you know, and when it's low and it was actually a great study in, okay, what do I do when my wave is low aside from self-flagellation and, you know, that whole shtick it's like, I, you know, read a book, go for a walk. Do if I, if I have the energy to do something creative, that's doesn't have like a need for an outcome. Um, but, but I was able to say, you know, I need to think about this. Mm-hmm. And whereas like in our general society, I feel like, especially nowadays, there's this go, go, go. And like, I need to give you an answer now or whatever, you know, like that kind of go, go, go thing. So it's very not what you think 
you know, you should do to say, I need to think about this. Give me, you know, a few days and to give myself the time to really sit with it instead of like, yes or no. And then like later I'm like, why did I say I would do that (laughs) or say no. And and then later be like, oh, but that, that actually could have been really supportive and good. So Mm -hmm. having that ability to say to save what I needed which was like to wait Mm -hmm. and then allow my wave to cycle through and see like time to feel into like okay what really feels aligned for me and the most supportive for me and to come to that knowing I guess Mm -hmm. and it's not even like deciding that's the thing I'm realizing is when there's a decision in front of you the traditional way is to like decide in your head Mm -hmm. but there's a knowing there's a deeper knowing like in and I think this is part of the generator like the the guttural like knowing yes or no Mm-hmm. That's in the body rather than in the mind. Did you did you know that there is the largest nerve plexus out, outside of the brain is in the gut? Yeah, that is so cool. It's like a second brain. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So it's it's like gut knowing, and and so like once you sort of got into like a better emotional state, like how did it feel? this question of whether to do the work, like what was the experience of that? I'm just asking for a description. (laughs) Um, It felt calm. It felt calmer than all of the little like above the surface. Busy mind. Busy mind. Yeah. I was going to say monkey mind, but busy mind Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. of but you could use the money and da, 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 but I don't like doing web design but it's only going to be a short thing but you know like all of the back and forth kind of right mind chatter that everybody has um and when I was able to kind of take the time step back from that let it percolate and then it it did, it just kind of emerged. It was like a knowing deeper in, you know, my gut that Mm -hmm. emerged and felt calm and peaceful and like true in an obvious way that I wasn't able to access. Perfect. Before. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, this is one of those things. I, I think that for different people, different strategies are, you know, make sense. Like this strategy that you're describing, isn't the going to be like the right one for everyone. No, not right. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some people who I can look at and clearly it works for them to make a rational, you know, set of decisions, create a plan and work towards that plan. Right. Yes. I'm <laughs> There's not, I'm lots of people that do that very well. And it's not, and I don't even think it's fair 
to say that they've copped out, sold out, and that they're living a, lo- a substandard life. I really, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's fair and I don't think it's true. Um, but they clearly have a different thing that works for them than, you know, than you are describing works for you and that I have found works for me. Mine's a little different than yours, but it is not that one. (laughs) And I tried to do like, in all fairness, eventually, you know, after a certain point in my life, I tried to, to do that, do it that way. Mm -hmm. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it didn't work for me. <clears throat> That's why I went to graduate school. Mm. Of course, you know, like you could also say, well, I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't do the entire set of research. Otherwise I could have found out that psychotherapy as a career has a very low, like that degree, there's more dropouts from that degree path, like career path <laughs> than any other degree. And it's got the lowest wow. income earning potential of all the degrees. Wow. <laughs> counseling, a master's in counseling is like the worst degree you can get. Public service announcement to everyone. Not that if that, I mean, if it's your calling, you should do it. Like that's the yeah. thing. If you have a calling that is calling you very loudly, I mean, it, it's in charge. And I say, just follow it. Just who cares what anyone says? Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to make a, like a rational set of decisions, like us news and world report has a list they publish (laughs) about top about income earning potential with degrees (laughs) and masters of counseling is it is dead last or it was last time I looked. Wow. Um, And it's, it's got a high, it and a law degree have the highest dropout rates from the field. So you go and you get the degree and then you never do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, that linear path, a linear process, it just does not work for me. Yeah. And neither do most other things that seem to be the way people live life. <laughs> And going back to human design, I have this gate that's called the gate of struggle or channel, actually, because both gates are defined. The the channel of struggle, which has been renamed to the channel of meaning, Mm. which basically means everything I do is harder for me and it's so I can make meaning from it. Mm. Um, and that's a hard pill to swallow when things feel difficult and when they do it's usually because I'm trying to do things in other people's ways and I'm still figuring out my way Mm -hmm. of doing things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so I mean I, I sort of, I I had to come back around to understand that my best, my best times in life, you know, the best decisions I have ever made came from the heart for me. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was just a very clear, like, 
that's what I need to do. Um, you know, going to school in Hawaii. I mean, that was incredible. Like if, if, if I had been thinking, you know, like very, you know, linearly and, you know, making a calculated choice, I would never have gone to the university of Hawaii because it's not that good of a school, you know, and what did you study there? Yeah. Right. So it took me forever to pick a major too. Cause I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be. <laughs> um, actually there's, I mean, I could like go on a massive tangent about that because like the whole, like how you pick a course in life. I think there's a lot of people who s- struggle with that. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a lot of unhelpful advice in platitudes out there. Um, and it, you know, it's probably along the lines of what we're trying to parse out here about how to navigate your life. I think the bottom line is, is that the strategy that's going to work for you is the most important one to figure out first. Um, because, and then from there, based on that, picking a course in life, you know, so, but, and, and every decision that I've made that, that came from that same, like, like full hearted place or through a combination of, um, luck, you know, sort of drops in, into my lap. And then I, and I said, yes, like with, you know, an open heart, like all of those things turned out really well for me. Hmm. And the things that the decisions that I made out of fear, that's a killer. That was a killer for me. So like, I had to learn these things through trial and error. I, I, I kind of don't want to be in the business of making rules for living for everyone. Cause you know, I think everyone needs to find their, their way. Yeah. Um, but there will be some, you know, percentage of people who will say, yeah, that's how it is for me too. But so making decisions out of fear is a killer. Like no matter how rational they seemed, if, if I make a decision out of fear, it does not turn out well. So there, I've had a few times in my life when I, I kind of knew I needed to make this decision, you know, go here, not there, mm-hmm. but I was doing this one out of fear and I caught myself and I was able to find a different reason to do the same thing that wasn't fear-based. And I felt like it shifted something. So it's not even about what the decision is. It's about the energy you bring into it also. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, and the, and, 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 and maybe this is the reason why the sort of like linear logical decision-making process hasn't worked that well for me is because I go there in fear. Oh, some people go there out of comfort. Like it's, it's a, you know, it, it makes them feel good. Yeah. But for me, it's always been like, you know, oh, okay. I need to do, you know, there's, there's some fear in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, that's interesting. I think the, the most valuable thing I've realized, maybe not in my entire life, but a very valuable thing is that there is no one right way yeah. to do anything. Right. And that you know, the fear-based or the default decision, I think really applies when it's like, 
nothing's working or I don't know what else to do. Or, you know, you're, you're in that contracted space. Yes. And you start to look outside of yourself for the answers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, this person seems to have something figured out. So I'm going to go learn from them. <laughs> right. The sort and, of desperate grasping at solutions. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like, you know, in this theory, it's doomed to fail if you do that. Mm -hmm. Like it can't, it can't succeed because of the energy with which you are going in that direction. Yeah. It's just like my aunt says, she was of course talking about boys, but don't ever be desperate and grasping. Absolutely. (laughs) Actually, isn't that funny? Yeah. (laughs) The old Southern Bell wisdom yes. does have an application. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Same with love, right? Yeah. If you're like, I need, I need, you know, you're desperate and grasping, it's not going to turn out well. No, definitely not. <laughs> no. You know, or, or, or the guilt trip, like, how oh, could you yeah. do this to me? <laughs> I deserve that's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. I deserve. I, oh, anytime wow. anyone yeah. says that, I just want to go. Bzz. We all deserve everything. Okay. So nobody deserves anything. Like, right. sorry. <laughs> oh, man. That's reminding me, which I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'll just say I had a dream last night of my ex, my ex future husband. Um, (laughs) And we, so just a little context, I was engaged to a man who turned out to be a narcissist and emotionally abusive. And the I deserve thing is what reminded me because that was so prevalent and it was so foreign. And I was so like, what do I do with this? Like, You mean he was? He was, yeah. That, yeah. Very much like, I deserve X, Y, and Z, and you're not get doing it, and da, 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 you know, like all of that nightmare. But I had this dream that we actually made it to our wedding day. And it was the day that we were going to get married, and I couldn't go through with it. <laughs> and it was like, I was in Hawaii and with my friend. We were like driving around doing like pre-wedding stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can't go through with it. I'm not, you know, I don't know what happened after that. But, but it's interesting because in all my dreams of him, we are still together, but I know that it's doomed and I know Mm. that I have to get away. Mm. And it's interesting to me that we like got to the, the wedding day, you know, that I like had let it go that far. And it was this like last minute, like, no, no. Do you think that that was your subconscious making a comment about this idea of doing the web design work? I don't think so. No, I think I think it was like, 
you know, cause there's still, even though it clearly was a bad situation, there's still that small part that wishes it was a different way mm. or it could have been different. And it was almost like in all my dreams, it's my subconscious telling me it could not have been different. Mm. Like that there is no way in any alternate universe that that situation could have turned into something good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes back to that like spiral path because although I do, you know, I am aware that I've come a long way and I'm doing well after that, um, whatever you want to call it, that there's still, you know, there's still things to release. It still comes around every now and then. And I Mm -hmm. think that's part of what had been going on in this week. Like that little, like the unresolved, the unresolved business, the unresolved attachment, probably the longing for that. Yeah. And not even him, but like, for something to work out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then it comes, you know, and then now this whole conversation is like, well, did I even enter into that? Was I entering into that whole thing from a place of fear? Mm. Oh, you, you, you agree to go out with him. You agree to stay with him. You agree to be engaged with him because you're afraid that if you don't, you're going to miss out on the better part of your thirties and you could be like building a life with someone and Mm -hmm. having a family and all these things that you could be married, you know? (laughs) Right. Is that, do you feel like that's the fear? That was the fear. Like I'm going to miss this opportunity to be happy and have the, the dream. Right. Right. And it goes back to Neptune with, the fantasy mm-hmm. and like I get caught in the illusion of perfect love or mm-hmm. I don't know what you want to call it but the uh the idealization mm-hmm. of romance and fairy tale and fantasy and and all of that stuff so You know, I was thinking um, one thing related to this whole idea of like doing things out of fear um, is that I discovered this sort of like little trick that I could use when I was, um, when I was sort of grappling with like toxic emotions and toxic beliefs. So like what you were talking about, like, like if I, if I take this work, like, you know, building this website, does that mean dot, dot, dot? Right. Right. You can think of that as a toxic thought, right? You know, it's a toxic belief. It's causing pain, right? So the the reaction is negative so that I would, you know, therefore call it toxic because of that. Mm-hmm. And it might be true and it might not, right? Right. Who knows? Um, but I found that when, when it came to that, that if I 
found something in the present situation to genuinely love. So this is my little, my little trick that I've found (laughs) something in the present situation to genuinely love, not to make myself love, not to rationalize and talk myself into loving about it. Like this is not about, Oh, you just need to see it on the bright side, you know, see the bright side and everything, see the silver lining. This is not that work. No silver lining. No, no lemonade stand. This isn't that. Right. It's this other thing of like, you, you hold the present situation that's giving you trouble, whatever it is. And you ask yourself, you know, is, can I find something in this to genuinely love? Mm -hmm. And you wait, you wait for your heart to leap to something. And, you know, sometimes it comes as a thought. Sometimes it comes as a feeling, you know, there's just some like, you know, thread, some strand, some band of the spectrum of, of emotional tone in the present situation. And sometimes, sometimes it's like, you know, it's hard to identify even what it is, but what you're looking for is that whether it's an idea, you know, a phrase, a feeling, an image, sometimes it's just an image that you want to wait until it strikes a a response in your heart. Like, like, you know, literally, you know, your heart bursts a light. Mm -hmm. So when your heart bursts a light, you know, or at least like, you know, resonates in joy or something. <laughs> it needs to be a, and I found that it needs to be a fairly like big kind of reaction, um, spontaneous reaction though, um, mm-hmm. from the heart. Um, yeah, felt sense. It's like, yeah, it's like a boom. You know, there's a tone, like a tuning fork. It is. Boom. <laughs> um, And then if you can like hang on, like sometimes like I need to um, develop the idea a little bit, sort of talk my way around it. Um, And and I'll share an example, um, you know, like this process I did with money. Mm. Cause I, I was uh, like, I was really struggling with work and money and why am I working and working for money was becoming toxic for me and sending me into a spiral of anxiety. And, but I know I need money. It's like, I'm not independently wealthy and I know money does come from work, but working for money is like not working for me. So I was just like, okay, what about just money? My, is there something I can genuinely love about money? Mm. And with that, I had some thoughts. It was a little organized. And the thing that I felt like I could genuinely love about money is that like, it gives me freedom. It it helps me to have a good lifestyle. It helps me to be generous. Like I can then contribute to other people. You know, I, and I, I help to raise up all the other boats around me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if I am, you know, doing well financially, then, you know, I can be a resource for, you know, maybe one day for my nieces and nephews. 
or niece and nephews. <laughs> we only have three. <laughs> um, and I just, and with all those things, so I sort of recited those things for myself and I connected with them. I was like, yes. And then I just, you know, I, I found that I could say genuinely, like, I love money. I love, I love money. And I could feel it in my heart. And it was just like a clear tone. Yeah. Uncomplicated. And I realized I had had all these other complicated, you know, conflicting attitudes about money. Like money is the root of all evil. You know, you shouldn't try to work for money. You should work for, you know, higher ideals. You know, your life yeah. should not be about money, you know, or um, you should, um, you should only, you know, be working for money. Like, you know, money is the only reason you work and like, come on, you need to build up your 401k. You need to save for retirement, you know, like, <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> you know, all these like conflicting things. And like, you're stupid if you don't like, you know, think about money, all these other things. And I just decided like, I'm dumping all of that. And I'm just sticking with the simple, like, I love money. I love money for what, you know, for the ease that it adds to my life and the ways that it allows me to be generous and then to take care of myself and others. And it's beautiful. And like, whenever I have anything come up about money, I just kind of like, remember that. And I can feel it right here in my heart. Like it's a strong, like, like it's almost like a song. Hmm. And then, and ever since then, I haven't had to worry about money in the pandemic. Like, you know, when everyone else in my sector should have been out of work, like I was fine. Yeah. Um, so that's a way to, that's a different way to shift out of operating from fear. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different strategies and I'm not going to say that the, you know, not negating the other ones, but I think it's a common strategy is to, to change the what, like this thing that I do makes me feel afraid. This thing that I do doesn't. So if I'm not going to do the thing that makes me feel afraid, I'm going to do this other thing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like changing, changing the circumstances and changing, changing what you're doing, you know, the conditions, changing the conditions, um, changing the content. And Um, I'm just curious, I'm exploring this other avenue, which I feel like is, you know, it's like a different house in Hogwarts (laughs) 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 is, is, is instead of changing the, what is changing the, how, Mm. you know, how am I engaging in this? You know, what energy am I bringing into the very same activity and how can that transform it Mm. and, you know, make it not just tolerable, but something that is life-giving and, you know, nourishing. Yeah. Um, It's like a love lifeline. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) All I can think of, it's, uh, it's different, but it's similar in that all I can think of is the birds. Like how I've been having a challenging week, but like 
the thing that has brought me so much joy is watching the birds and like I love them like I love the birds I get up and I look out the back kitchen window and like I have to go run and grab either the binoculars or the camera (laughs) and I'm like it's a titmouse it's a nuthatch it's a chickadee and we built a bluebird box and they're coming in like all the birds we have like six birdhouses in the yard so I feel like they're all like shopping for real estate. Nice. (laughs) And it has been, it's been like a lifeline. It's been like, you know, the world has been on fire for a while where, and like the flames are maybe dying down. I don't know, but like things are changing, you know, Mm -hmm. the the shift is happening, but anyway. There's a plethora of reasons, but it's been a challenging week, which everybody has. And, but it has been, it's been like the lifeline of the love of the birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I know. I swear. I, I think my cat has gotten me through some very mm-hmm. rough patches, <laughs> just having a cat, <laughs> you know, because I love cats, not because cats are a solution, but because I love cats. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm feeling really down, the, what I, what I go to is, um, uh, cat videos on YouTube and okay. ones, especially the ones from the Dodo rescue, oh, good. rescue videos. I know ah! about this little donkey last night from the Dodo. Oh my God. I have wept before those videos. I'm not kidding. Oh, every time. (laughs) I think I have a complex. I'm like, you know, the poor little pit dogs, the pit bulls who get abandoned. And they just need to be loved. Oh my God. Every, like once a month at least, my mom's like, we could buy a big place in the country and get all these animals and I'm like yeah we're not doing that but I want to I know I know I know (laughs) I know fostering bomb for the soul yeah 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 I know there's a special place for people who can like foster and rescue animals too yeah yeah I think that's I don't have that talent but I admire the people who do Mm mm-hmm I do too and have those like sanctuaries yeah I mean that's so cool well what are you most looking forward to as you emerge from your bubble Oh, from the pandemic bubble Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Michael and I are going on vacation (laughs) we can't wait (laughs) we can't wait We had planned a trip out to, I am going to see the Pondo before too long in my life, because this is a thing that like came up on my radar. I have to see it. It's, it's the oldest living Aspen stand in the world. It's on the shores of this lake and it's the oldest living tree because 
and they figure they figure that it that it's anywhere from 40 or 50,000 years old to up to a half a million years old or something or sub a million years old That's they, can, amazing. they can't date it with tree rings because it keeps you know like it spreads right so the oldest single trunk in it isn't the oldest part of it it's the whole mass mm-hmm. so they do it through genetic analysis. And so anyway, it's just an approximation, like, you know, exactly how old it is. Anyway, I must go be in the presence of the most elder tree in the world. Mm. I must. (laughs) And, um, and it's also, you know, that you can do a circuit. So I had planned a circuit to go do the Grand Canyon, Sedona, uh, the Pondo and Arches National Monument, mm-hmm. do a, a circle around the four corners. And so we're going to try and do at least some of that this summer sometime. Got to do it, especially now Stefan is out there and building in, in New Mexico outside of Albuquerque. Yeah. Awesome. Very excited about that. Good. How about you? I mean, honestly, I just feel at this point, I just like want to be able to see people again. Yeah. I just want to be able to like, like I've so much this past week, especially because it's been like, it was nice for two days and it was like cold and rainy, like I do. I just want to go down to the wine bar where I worked and like, I saw friends that work there and just like hang out on a rainy day and drink some wine, you know, like totally like the normal things of like, you know, like we might go pop into the health food store. Like now both my parents are vaccinated. I am not. And so then that's this edge of like, right. What is okay for our household and all that. But I just think like seeing seeing people again like being mm. able to actually hang out and not just wait not be on zoom across <laughs> yeah on zoom or like holler across the driveway or road or whatever yeah and yeah and I do I I want to travel some as well I'm hoping to get out to Seattle where I now have two friends with new children that um I'd like to see, and then some friends in DC, you know, when I came home, it was so, all this is just so weird. Cause it's like, I came home from living in Hawaii for four years and I, I was able to visit some folks, um, but then lockdown happened. And so in a way, having lived isolated in the middle of the ocean, has prepared me for this time (laughs) but it also is like one of the huge perks of being back here is being closer to folks being closer to friends and family and my godsons and you guys and and it's you know I got a little bit of that and then it was like nope (laughs) yeah but yeah I think for me just being able to go out and see folks and feel normal and like pop into the store and do those things that just we haven't been able to do or we've chosen not to do 
Yeah.